0: how's it going today guys we're back here live in the studio once again for another episode of hot takes with cp3 today friday january 31st 2019 just got off work so i'm excited to do this podcast it's, it's a couple days here before super bowl sunday the big game and none other to join me on the podcast than ben gorowitz ben say what's up to the people
1: what's up everybody thanks for having me on again
0: Hey, absolutely, guys. You know, me and Ben always got some good stuff for y'all. Um, I would love to dive in here with the big game to get everything started off, but unfortunately, we got to start off on a little sadder note here, and that is R.I.P. Kobe Bryant, the great Black Mamba, passed away in a tragedy on sun on Sunday. And honestly, I wanted to do a podcast at the beginning of the week, but at the same time, I you know I really just didn't know what to do and kind of had to digest you know the whole entire kobe thing and everything you know it's sad and it's a tragedy for sports and it's one of the honestly i think it's one of the real just like biggest like american tragedies that i can remember happening in a long long time what do you what do you think ben
1: yeah i mean it's it's up there um with shock in the world you know it's up there with like you know the michael jackson death um you can even go the tupac death uh you know it's up there in that category um you know way too young um and just, I remember, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things that I I don't think I'll ever forget where I was, you know, mm-hmm. hearing it. I mean, I'm in my apartment at school. I'm walking down the steps, and I hear my roommate, you know, shout out, you know, through the wall in his room. And he says, I, I think something just happened with Kobe. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I think Kobe just died. I was like, Dude, what, Kobe who? He goes, Kobe Bryant. I'm like, what? know, you know, I— You know, as the young kid I am, I immediately go to Twitter, you know, I'm looking at the trending page, I don't see anything on it, you know, ESPN's got nothing on it, and then, you know, I go sit down, turn on the TV, and, you know, it's there, and it it happened, and, you know, I'll never forget how my body, I mean, I had, I almost felt like, you know, not to make a joke or be funny, but, like, it almost felt like I had, like, Spidey senses or something, you know, like I was Spider-Man, like, I could feel the chills in my body, like, I, I had chills down my spine, I was speechless it's someone in the sports world that you know (laughs) yeah I was he was already in the NBA but like I grew up watching Kobe he was one of the guys that he was always on TV he played Mm -hmm. in the biggest city in Los Angeles he was the the big star I mean he was he was great you know feel bad for uh you know everyone involved
0: yeah, you know, I I remember seeing like the report up by like TMZ. I think someone had like requoted or something in my feed. I was literally just like on Twitter scrolling and I saw it and I was like, Wait, there's no way this can be real and I started like sear I just like searched Kobe Bryant's name on there and was just like reading tweets so there's no real confirmed sources besides TMZ. So I was just like praying that T M Z had some bad source or something. Then like you know, just like you did. I flipped to the T V, like I had chills going through my body. I couldn't believe what was happening and then Sure enough, Woj tweeted it out. I have Woj notifications on my phone. He tweeted it out, I think, like two minutes later. And I was, I mean, it's devastating news, you know. I mean, me, I wouldn't say I was the biggest Kobe fan ever. In fact, you know, I wasn't a Kobe fan. But one thing, I would always respect Kobe Bryant for the competitor and, you know, the Mamba mentality and everything. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is even though that he died, I think that it honestly made him bigger and made his lasting legacy and everything bigger. You know, everyone's going to remember the Mamba mentality, There's so many athletes that he mentored, you know, like the Djokovic was saying that like he couldn't have gotten back to where he was now if it wasn't for Kobe. You know, there's so many there's so many, he had so much impact on the game. Like, I mean, even me, someone who played basketball and still plays basketball, you know, like I feel like Kobe really, like, you know, even though he wasn't one of my favorite players, like there was moves and stuff you'd watch Kobe do and you try to emulate him the next day in practice and in games, or just messing around, you know, in the in the driveway. And I feel like that's, you know, kind of the athlete Kobe was. He has such a big impact on it. And I feel like it only made his impact even bigger. And, and, you know, it made it even sadder too for Gigi and just for everyone, just the whole family in general. So... One one last thing before we you know we kind of move on to a little bit of a more positive note and everything. Uh, what would you say your favorite Kobe memory will be and the one thing you always remember about Kobe?
1: There, there's a couple. I mean, you don't play that long and just make you know. I don't. There's more than one thing that he did that makes mm-hmm. me think of him. Um, I always think of the one on one battles in the All Star game with LeBron. You know, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. You know, LeBron slaps the floor. He smiles and Kobe's like. All right, game on. We're going at it in an all-star game. Um, you know that's that's the beauty of the game. I mean, there's a you know the greatness and greatness. You know, having fun with it. You know, at an all-star game, but at the same time, they're ready to put on a show. You know, for everyone watching around the world. Um, another one is um, the all the interviews and highlights uh, from Team USA over the years. Um, coach K has been my favorite coach and. You know, one of my favorite coaches in sports in general for a long time. Um, I always loved watching Coach K interact with these NBA stars. Uh, the games are so different pro, and Kobe and those Team USA teams were great. Daddy you know, used to always talk about the Dream Team. Well, that was our version of the Dream Team, you know, with Wade, LeBron, Mello, mm-hmm. Kobe, Chris Paul, all those guys. Um, the Matt Barnes fake in Kobe's face where he didn't flinch is something I'll never forget that Kobe did.
0: That was going to be um, mine. Last,
1: right, and the last one, um, I actually just learned about this, I think it was, uh, it was yesterday. Um, Quincy Pondexter, you know, an old-time NBA player, uh, he played for a long time. He tweeted, it was a video, uh, someone else tweeted a video when Kobe's right shoulder was hurt. Obviously, he was a righty. He was backing down Quincy Pondexter and shot the ball with his left hand. And Quincy Pondexter tweeted, and I'm going to read it out, he said, I've watched all of his shots a million times. He brought this out of the bag. Nobody has ever seen this move before. After the game, I ran into him in the hallway. I said, Kobe, you didn't have to hit me with that lefty fade. He said, I made over 30,000 points in my career. And you think that's the first time I've hit something with my left hand. And that's just, that's Kobe. He's, he's just always, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's an icon. He's a legend. He's He'll make a joke in a serious way, and it's funny, and you can still see the competitive in him. He's just, he was one of a kind, man. You know, those, those are some of the things I'll always remember that Kobe did.
0: Yeah, you know, my, one one of my lasting memories, you know, like the one you just had right there, the Matt Barnes, you know, fake in his, in his face where Kobe didn't even budge. I mean, that's mama mentality right there. You know, ice in your veins, nothing phases you, but I think the one thing I always remember about Kobe, you know, is it always it felt like after Shaq left him, which was when I really started watching the NBA. I mean, it felt like every single year that it's either the Lakers or the Spurs going to the finals, and it was kind of like Kobe was going up against this team that, which I mean, they did have three stars and Ginobili, Parker, and Duncan, and they had Popovich, arguably the greatest NBA coach of all time, yet. Every single year, Kobe, I mean, it was pretty much him and Pau Gasol. I mean, don't get me wrong, Gasol was a top ten player in the league, but it just felt like that he was like a one-man army almost out there. And, I mean, he beat the big three at the Celtics. I mean, I'll just remember Kobe always dominated the one era, and the one thing that I always wanted to see we never got to see was Kobe versus LeBron in the finals. So mm-hmm. I wish we had seen that. But overall, I think Kobe's we going to have a great lasting legacy we were- on the game.
1: We were closed one year.
0: Oh, we were knocking on the freaking door, man. Couldn't get the magic had to screw that up for all of us. But let's get let's uh keep things moving here. You know, RIP Kobe, I've got to give him a little, got to you know, got to spend the first eight, ten minutes on the podcast talking about him. But it's time, guys. We got the big game, the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. And you know, I'm not gonna lie, Ben. I, I'm one of these people where I kind of lose interest in the Super Bowl going into the second week because it's two weeks away. You know, you just kind of like you sit there the first week you're, for the first few days. You're like, "Well, we got the Super Bowl," but it's two weeks away. You know, it's, I feel like the the two week separation kind of takes away from the hype of the game. But before we get into the game, what do you have any Super Bowl rituals or anything you do for every Super Bowl?
1: Um, I'm not. I was never the biggest superstitious guy um i I don't think I have one honestly i I'm trying to think if I had one when the Falcons played because that was the only time I've seen the Falcons you know in that game. um who knows if I'll ever get to see that one again I think i I don't think I do I, I don't think I have a ritual that I can think of.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't really have one either. I will say this though, the year the Falcon the 49ers beat the Falcons in the NFC Championship and we didn't go. I didn't watch a play of the Super Bowl cuz I was so salty we didn't make it. I've just played FIFA in the other room at my other friend's place while we were having a little Super Bowl party, but the- when the Falcons went to the Super Bowl that day, I remember I woke up early because I couldn't sleep because I was so nervous for the game. I went to church, and then after church was over, I'm pretty sure I got some food in me, and I just started drinking. I needed something to calm the nerves, you know, for the game. So, I mean, that was – i do not that's a day I don't really like to think about or talk <laughs> about, but uh, I don't really have too many – I don't really have a Super Bowl ritual besides just eating as much food as I can possibly fit into my stomach. So, that's going to be – that's what I'm planning on doing Sunday and watching a great game. It's going to be a fun matchup, but who do you like in this matchup and Why?
1: So I love this matchup. I, I, I love this matchup for the game. I, I, I mean, I think you have – I'm going to start with just some, you know, some matchups. We get Andy Reid, a very old school, wants to put up as many points as possible. I don't care how we do it kind of coach. He's very aggressive. And then you have the young Kyle Shanahan who looks like the Sean McVay of this year, if I'm being honest. Um, that's an interesting matchup as itself. You get the quarterbacks. One does everything at a high level. One has doubters, but is good. I, I, don't, I like Jimmy G a lot. Same. Um, then you get the defense of the Niners that has um, you know, big names on it. They've been great all year. Um, really high-intensity defense uh, that they play with. They play with a lot of energy. The Chiefs, you have big names on their defense that play with a high energy too. They're just, they're just not as good. Um, I I like the Chiefs in this game. I, I the way that football is right now, when you're taking a really good defense and matching it versus a really good offense, I will pick the offense nine out of ten times because it's just a scoring game right now, college and pro. It's just a scoring game. I don't think you can stop Mahomes in this offense throughout a whole game. I, I don't. I mean, I think you can stop them You know, a couple drives here and there. It's a the Super Bowl. They may start out a little flat. Ah. I, Mahomes is just—I I just think it's his time. I, I really think it's his time. Um, MVP last year. I, I think he gets it done this year. Yeah, he's gonna have a. If he wins it this year, I mean, hes see he the face of the NFL. Is he the face of the NFL right now?
0: Yeah, you know, I think he already is the face of the NFL, and absolutely, I think it just makes him even more so the face of the NFL. I mean, I I love both these quarterbacks, both these teams, you know, obviously, who I was very high on San Francisco coming into this season. Uh, I thought it was high on Kansas City, but I mean, who wasn't high on Kansas City coming into the season, you know, um... I'm glad to see Andy Reid get back here. You know, this is a, this is a huge legacy game for Andy Reid. I know it's the thing that's been talked about a lot, but I think Andy Reid's already a Hall of Famer. But you know, this cements him and possibly is an all-time great coach. You know, if he's able to win this Super mm-hmm. Bowl, and you know, he I always fun. love Andy Reid because yeah, he's been so close so many times. But I always love him just because he gave Mike Vick that second shot. You know, and I don't know if y'all if you watched, did you watch Thirty for Thirty last night?
1: Yeah, I thought part one was very very good. I, I thought it was very good.
0: Yeah, it was fantastic, you know. It almost um it, it almost make, makes me kind of sad though to watch, you know, Mike Vig go down that bad path because he's my favorite pro athlete of all time. But anyway, You know, I think this is Mahomes where he is, like, I think a lot of people hate that I say this, but I really think Patrick Mahomes is the most talented and the best player to ever pick up a football, and I think this is where that he cements his legacy as an all-time great starting. I mean, he already has kind of, you know, started to etch his way a little bit, but I think this is really when he starts, you know, to put it up there that he is an all-time great, and he's got to get it done tomorrow, or on Sunday, and I think that's what he's going to end up doing here. I like the 49ers team a lot. You know, I think Jimmy G and Shanahan are a lot like Brady and Belichick were. I feel like they have that same, you know, coach quarterback connection. It's the same kind of thing there. And you know, I'm not counting the 49ers out of this game by any means. I mean, Kansas City was horrible against the run all season long. They were 27th in the league against it, but since Kansas City got all those guys back on D, this defense has been a lot better, and, you know, they're um, they're de- them on DVOA and all those kinds of stat stuff, they were one of, the, one of the best, they were the best team in the league last year, and think about how bad their defense was this year. Their defense was much better this year, and, I mean, they stopped, they held Derrick Henry to, what, 78 yards rushing, I think it was, two weeks ago. They've got the extra week. I mean, Andy Reid off of by is an amazing coach. I I mean Shanahan I the way that he's such an offensive mind I'm sure he's going to end up being one of those you know Shanahan off a of bye kind of guys too so you know we've got kind of like the coaching prodigy here going up against the quarterback prodigy but I got to get you know as good as the defense is I'm going with Kansas City here man you know I picked Kansas City before the playoffs started um I I just feel like the Kansas City's the best team they got the best quarterback they've been playing hot there's no way I can't not back them here
1: yeah uh, I'm, you know, I'm going with, I'm staying with the Chiefs. um I, like I said, I, I, offense is just it torments defenses now. um I mean, if you can just score point, I mean, shit, if you can just score points, like you don't even need that good of a defense. You're that confident that you can just outscore people. I mean, that's some football teams are doing that. um I, I think it's Andy Reid's time. I think he, I think he gets over the hump. Um, He's been so close. He's been so close. Um, In Philly, and then he's been close in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I think it's Mahomes' time. I think Jimmy G is a very good quarterback, and then Kyle Shannon's a very good coach. Um, I I mean, the pass rush in this game is really interesting to me because both teams can really get after the quarterback now that Kansas City's healthy. The last couple um, weeks in the regular season, Kansas City didn't look like they could get to the passer, but... When D Ford came back, you know, it's like one of their best guys. So they're healthy now. They're they're playing well, and I, uh, you know, I'm a big offense guy. Uh, you know, uh, what's the? I didn't see it. What's the uh, over/under in this game? Is it? It's got to be one of the
0: higher. Yeah, let me history. double check here and make sure it didn't move. But you know, I agree with you. This game's going to come down to what happens in the trenches. The 49ers' offensive line's able to bully Kansas City, and they can control the clock. You know, and they don't really have to pass the ball much. That's going to be be a huge key for them. So the spread's still minus one Kansas City. Over under is at fifty four and a half right now. Um,
1: yeah, I wonder where that stacks up in Super Bowl history.
0: I believe it's one of the – I think it's either the second or the third highest total of all time. But um, actually, it may may even be the highest. I can't remember specifically. But, you know, I really think that if the 49ers are going to have to put pressure on Mahomes, but see, the thing that worries me for them – is that way Mahomes has been running the football? You know, Mahomes has been the leading rusher for Kansas City the last two games. Kansas City hasn't had a run game all season long, but I think they can. I think they'll still be fine with or without a run game. It felt like Damian I, Williams too picked up first downs when they needed him to last or two weeks ago.
1: Damian Williams is just fine for the role that they use him as. And honestly, when I watch Kansas City, it looks like they run the ball to give Mahomes his right arm uh, just a rest for a play. I mean, it like, he, I mean. He's taken – he had that one run uh, where he broke a bunch of those tackles for a touchdown, but uh, they're a passing offense. Andy Reid is a passing coach. They are a scoring machine. They have – they literally – to me, I don't know if this is true, but like I, they drafted me Cole Hardman out of Georgia for the speed, thinking that Tyreek Hill was going to be in trouble uh, legally. Well, they got two of the faster guys in the league playing receiver. Not to mention they got the best tight end who's basically a receiver – in the NFL right now, and Travis Kelsey, you got Sammy Watkins, who seems to have brought his career back to life since he's been in Kansas City. Uh, I believe he was a first-round pick out of Clemson. And I don't remember him being anything special in Buffalo.
0: Yeah, he was a top-ten pick, I'm pretty sure, like a number like, yeah, eight so, or something Yeah, I mean,
1: they, like got, they got four weapons uh that I just named and even Damien Williams catches the ball pretty well in the backfield. Mm-hmm. So they got a, they got a lot of targets for Mahomes. They got a great coach that calls plays for Mahomes and they got Mahomes.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. I I agree with you completely. I mean, this is this is going to be one of the most fun Super Bowls to watch. I'm glad the Patriots finally aren't in the Super Bowl, so it's kind of like we get a change up from that, but I really do think we got the two best teams in the NFL in this game this year and you know, it's going to be fun to watch. Mahomes, you know, he could never count him out with how explosive the offense is, like you were just saying. I mean, this team's never out of a game. And I think that also, too, we have one of the best tight end matchups. You know, both these guys are kind of battling for... Who's the best tight end in the league? Is it Kittle or is it Kelsey? Personally, I'd go with Kittle because the way he can block to go along with everything else. But I mean, Travis Kelsey's a beast and he's good at creating all these mismatches too in the passing game. So you know, I think it, I'm go I'm going with Kansas City in this game. I'm personally not going to be betting on this game just because I already have futures before the season started. I took the 49ers to win the Super Bowl just for, for 10 bucks and just because I thought they might have a chance at it and got lucky that they're here now. And then I took Kansas City before the playoffs started, so I have good odds on that as well. So, no, I'll just kind of be enjoying this one from more of a fan perspective, and knowing I'm gonna win either way. But I'm definitely pulling for Patty that he gets his first ring here. Um, Any, actually, we got a little, we got some fun stuff here. So I cooked up a couple player props and some game props for y'all. Ben's gonna tell y'all if that he agrees with me on these or not. So, for my first one here, I decided to have a little fun with it. So. The Rockets play the Pelicans at two o'clock on ABC that day, and the prop here is, is which is which will be more: the amount of times Mostert carries the ball, or the amount of times Zion, um, is, or the amount of points Zion scores in this game. I've got Zion scoring more points, and my reasoning being, it was just announced today that Tevin Coleman will be active and playing in this game. I think we will see Coleman and Burita in this game to go along with Mostert. So, you know, I'm 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 leaning, with, I'm going with Zion here. What do you think?
1: I mean, listen, Zion's been – he's been scoring. So, I mean, Zion's been – what's he averaging since he's been here? Like over 15, right? I think he's got 14, 6 uh, – I think he's got 22 in a game. I mean, yeah, I, I like it. I mean, Zion is a he, – he is a part of that game plan on offense for the Pelicans. Um, and like you mentioned, the San Francisco 49ers run out a three-headed uh, trio. You know, they got a mm-hmm. three-headed monster running back so the carries are split up um it is good news for the 49ers that Tevin Coleman is playing in this game uh he adds a one he's got the experience because when he was on the Falcons um and two it you you state you keep guys fresh you know the, the defense gets tired the 49ers try out the three running backs but yeah I, I like the Zion in this bet.
0: Yeah, plus Zion's been seeing more points game by game because he was on a little bit of a pitch count there. But I think with his minutes, minutes. being up minutes. too,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, with his minutes being up to, you know, I think he should get it easily. Um next one I have is George Kittle over 73 yards receiving. Kansas City has been susceptible to tight ends this season. And on top of that, you know, I feel like when the the for when the forty niners look to pass the ball, this is where they always go to Kittle. It's almost like basketball, the way that they get Kittle in these mismatches. It's you know, Andy Reid does it too. I mean, it's it's crazy how advanced Shanahan and Reid are, and the way that they run these plays and everything. Like just this is kind of off to the side here real quick but you know Kyle Shanahan I feel like he really understands what defensive players are supposed to do and like and he just kind of like finds plays that slip into the zones you know of what they're supposed to do or he finds plays you know where that they, if they're in man where they'd be undisciplined for them to break off and go make the play you know so that's another thing but they're going to put Kittle in all kinds of mismatches anytime on a third down that's where they're going to go I feel like Kittle will be able to break an arm tackle or two from Tyron Matthew or Breeland or whoever's matched. up on him on that play and bust it for a big yardage i think at the end of the day kittle should be able to get over 73 yards receiving
1: well i mean you just mentioned this but kansas city is either the worst or like top three worst in guarding the tight end um that's been all season it's it's pretty hard to change that in one game um they're gonna have to do something uh, i i mean you know the bet sounds nice on paper because kansas city's Horrendous against the tight end. The 49ers love their tight end. He's the number one target. Uh, the Kansas City defense is almost going to have to take a page out of like what Belichick's been doing for years. is You have to shut down their best player at all times and make someone else be you. Um, the 49ers have plenty of weapons. I mentioned the Kansas City weapons before. 49ers have plenty of weapons to win this game, but it comes down to Garoppolo throwing on third down to Kittle. Um, that's his favorite matchup. It's probably his first look on every single pass play, if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's exactly where they always want to go. So I like that one right there. Um, For my last player prop, I almost went with a little Sammy Watkins, Debo Samuel uh, matchup prop, but I'm going to go with Mahomes over 29 and a half rush yards. Um, i would take this one all the way up to 33. I mean, like I said earlier, Mahomes has been their leading rusher um, the last two games of the playoffs. And, you know when your season's on the line and everything, you know Mahomes is going to run the ball. You know that Bosa and D Ford are going to get pressure off the off the edges. So you know Mahomes is going to step up in that pocket and run around. And I mean, when he runs, by the way, it looks like he's jogging. Like it looks like he's just casually going for a stroll in the park. And it looks
1: like he it looks like he's running with high knees.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does not look. Put it this way, it does not look like he's worried at all about someone coming up and hitting him. So I think Mahomes should be able to eclipse that. And plus. Also, the 49ers, Niners—they their worst defensive performances were against running quarterbacks, and all of those running quarterbacks were, except for Lamar Jackson, ran for over their average amount of rush yards. So, all that taken into account here, I think Mahomes should be able to eclipse that for us pretty easily.
1: That's an interesting bet. I'll have to keep an eye on that.
0: Yeah, that's the one I feel best about by all the off on all those. By the way, that if I had to rank them in order of confidence, one, two, three, I'd go Mahomes, Zion, then Kittle. So. That's my uh player props then my game props I got for y'all. Um the first one here, I just kind of did this one for fun. The odds are plus 600 here. Um I think that, you know, Kansas City, they've started slow so far in the play- in the playoffs. San Francisco seems to have come out hot in all their playoff games. Therefore, I'm going with San Francisco leads at the half, Kansas City wins the game. That's plus 600. What do you think about that one?
1: I do like this one. Kansas City has started slow. Um I, I, yeah, they, you know, they started slow. The coach, you know, Kyle Shanahan has experience. Kevin Coleman has the experience. I I don't think experience really matters in this game. I I would, I don't know. Like the the thing is like these two teams play with such confidence and like they don't slow anything down. Like they play their game no matter what. Meaning Kansas city is go. I don't see drop, you know, nervous drops happening um i really don't i don't see high throws from mahomes um if anything i would expect nerves from jimmy g over mahomes and i don't think i think jimmy g is just fine they the 49ers are going to help jimmy g out with the balanced attack uh, so if mahomes you know in the first two possessions is missing a couple throws you know left right maybe up maybe it looks like a little nerves then i like this a lot um I think San Fran has to start out out hot. I I don't think they have a choice here. I think Kansas City can easily come back from a deficit. And I think San Fran, while they could, because the Chiefs' defense isn't anything great, their offense moves slower. So, like, if you're down by a lot of points and the time is, is, you know, getting lower and lower throughout the half or at the end of the game, it's harder for San Fran to come back. Kansas City can score in three plays, two plays, one play. San Francisco likes the balanced deck, so I do like this because I don't think San Fran has a choice. I think they have to come out hot no matter what. I think Kyle Shanahan's play calling will, you know, I think it'll resemble that, so
0: I like it. Um, My next one here, um, I'm going to go with the Gatorade color is purple, so my main reasoning (laughs) for taking this one is it opened at plus- Twelve hundred. It's now at plus 120. So in order for something like that to get that much steam, I think that's a pretty obvious giveaway. And the reason in being on it getting all that steam is because Kobe, was um, Lakers were purple, so it's kind of a tribute to Kobe. What do you think about that?
1: This, this would be a uh, cool sight to see. Um, I mean, I would have no knowledge on this at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, this is like the most random thing, but it, it is something that is cool to bet on um it'd be a cool moment in sports
0: yeah that's what i'm saying if you go look at the prop list some of the props on there are absurd like there's yonitz points rebounds and assists more than sammy watkins receiving yards there's patrick mahone's brother's number of tiktoks during the game there's oh his girlfriend's God. instagram posts and tweets during like there's so many absurd props you can take the nat- length of the national anthem halftime show all that, what songs they'll play at the halftime show they're, they're absurd but the last one i have is another game prop and that's I'm going with under two and a half players throw a pass in this game. Um, combined, these teams have had four non-quarterbacks attempt to pass all season long. I don't see Colquitt attempting any passes considering the fact he had, he's had punts blocked in the, in the playoffs, and he's looked kind of rusty punting the ball. So I think they're just going to be like, focus on punting the ball here. We're not worried about any of that type of stuff. San Francisco is more of a run-dominant team. I really don't see them running any kind of those you know plays where they have anyone else throwing the ball there. So... I feel pretty good about under two and a half players throwing a pass in this game. What do you think?
1: So, I mean, we talked about this right before we started recording. I, I am not going to be betting on this, but I, I could see a non. So basically, it's two and a half. So if anyone other than a quarterback throws it, you know, the over is hitting. <laughs> Listen, it's the Super Bowl. You got nothing. You pull out all the stops. You need to win this game. Kyle Shanahan. Is that young you know the the younger coach finds ways you know Sean McVay and his special teams coach are really the biggest uh, fake punt you know person you could see it on a two-point I I for some reason I I see I could picture Sammy Watkins or Tyreek Hill going in a jet sweep getting the ball and throwing it and I do want to bring this up Nicole Hardman did play quarterback in high school he was an athlete when he got recruited to Georgia he was originally, I believe he was originally DB, got switched over receiver, plays receiver in the NFL. I believe he was originally a quarterback, so we know he can throw the football. I think this is interesting. It's it's the Super Bowl, like I said. You pull out all the stops. I could see a fake happening, but I would never bet on to a fake to happen. That's not a play that you see very often in sports.
0: Hey, that Dude, was be an exci- interesting. That's an interesting angle, though. You bring up with with Michael Hardman, you know, playing a little a little high school quarterback. I see. I didn't even know that.
1: I believe, um, I believe he tweeted out a video of it the other day. I mean, you know me. I used to be. I used to follow Georgia recruiting really heavily. Mm-hmm. But um, so, like, when they were recruiting him, I had you know I was looking him up. Yeah, here uh, Huddle actually tweeted it a day ago. In three in three years. He had 3,000 yards and 38 touchdowns. Nicole Hardman did. And he missed, he missed his whole junior year because of injury. He's just a straight-up athlete. He could throw the football, so you, you never know. But I would never, like, I mean, if I'm coaching, like I would never take the ball out of Mahomes' hands on a, th- on a pass play. Like, I don't know why you would do that, but it's the Super Bowl. Why not?
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I feel like if it comes down to any team doing it here, it's going to be San Francisco. So I'm just going to pray that it doesn't happen, and we'll see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's, let's uh, switch things up now and go over to the NBA. I mean, we t- I think like we did, we covered everything. Is there anything else you want to cover on the Super Bowl before we move?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, I can't wait for the halftime show. <laughs> I'm going to throw that out there. I think it's going to be great. I- Shakira, Jennifer Lopez... Two beautiful voices, two beautiful women. <laughs> my, my, my eyes are glued to that TV. So, um, And it's Miami, so I, I really hope Pitbull comes out. He's Mr. 305. Um, I really hope I don't see DJ Khaled on stage. Um, I know that he's a Miami figure, but um, I'd love to see D. Wade maybe dancing with J. Lo. It's Miami, you know what I mean? So the halftime show. It's the Super Bowl. It's always great
0: yeah it's the it, like you said, you know it's Miami it's gonna be warm so you know hopefully they're wearing wearing something a little nice for the eyes while they're out there dancing. <laughs> but anyway, yeah no it's gonna be a fun game. I'm excited. Um, hopefully I don't gain like 15 pounds from the amount of food I'm about to eat during this game but I'm excited guys It should be a great Sunday so I'll, I'll definitely uh, be putting out my final bets for the Super Bowl on Twitter but like I said there probably won't be much coming from my way since I have those futures pending. Um, anyway. Let's move here now to a little NBA talk and a little college basketball, and then we'll let y'all get on out of here. Um, John Morant has been absolutely balling out this season. I mean, I honestly thought he kind of got snubbed from the All-Star team. I know you have to a certain amount of forwards and guards, which is why Brandon Ingram got in over him and Devin Booker. just pissed me off a little bit. But, I mean, do you think he's on that same level that Luka and Trey Young are as young up-and-comers in the league, or do you think those guys are a whole notch above him still?
1: I think John Morant is in the same conversation as Trey Young. I think, so like conversation, I'm looking at this as a whole. I'm going to look at individual talent and what you can bring to the entire game. I look at Trey Young. I think his offensive game is elite. I think it's one of the best in the league. I put his offensive game in the elite category. I put his defense in one of the worst I've ever seen categories. (laughs) Um, John Morant is a special player that in a short time in his NBA career has already made you know, Sports Center highlight plays. I mean, he's making people look silly with some of his handles. So I put him in the Trey category. Um, also because, so I think Trey's offensive game over, like, is better than uh, is better than John Morant. I, I think Trey Young's shooting, his vision. I, I think all of that is elite. I think John Morant's offensive game is really good, and his defense is solid. I, I think it'll pick up. Um, you know, over the years, just kind of like how De'Aaron Fox is starting to play a little bit better on defense. The Russell Westbrook's. He's in that category of athleticism of point guard. He really is with his speed. Um, I put John Morant in the same category because he's he's winning. I, I know that his team is better, you know, is a little bit better than the Hawks, but he's winning and nobody really had the Grizzlies winning. Luca is in his own category. I, I, you know me, I'm a big Hawks fan. I love Trey Young. I love that he's you know representing the A. He's my point guard. Luca is better than Trey Young, and I think he always will be. I think the size helps with that. You know, with shooting. Luca can what he's doing is step back he can create less space than Trey has to because he is the size. I think Luca's like six seven, six eight. Um I just think Luca's yeah, I think Luca's a generational talent. And I think I don't see Trey Young winning anything. I don't I don't see him winning a championship. I think his defense is a liability. I really do. Um, he's an MVP. He's an MVP type player, but I would not be shocked if he never wins one. I, I mean, like that pains for me to say it. I know that you probably disagree with that, but I, I think Trey's a great player. I think he's one of the best guards in the league. I really do. He's not. He's not Luca.
0: Hey, we are Atlanta, so you're probably not wrong in the fact that he probably won't win one for that reason being. But you know. <sighs> I think these three guys are this is the along with Zion even though I don't know if Zion's going to be healthy for his career. I think these guys are the new face of the league, you know. I mean, like you said, Ja Morant, like the biggest thing is he's not only is he putting up the numbers, but he's winning basketball games. You know, I didn't even think, you know, I thought the Grizzlies like I was like, oh, you know, they got some they got a nice little group of young talent. It'll be a fun story and all, but we'll see y'all in the lottery again next year. You know, maybe y'all can get the final piece you need next year. But no, this Grizzlies team, they seem to do it with what they have. They play good. I mean, they play some great basketball. They're playing high scoring games too. It's not like they're doing a defense. They're doing it on offensive end. You know, John Morant's in the top 10 in the league in assists currently. I mean, he's putting the absolute numbers up. Actually, he's currently 12th in the league in assists. But you know, him and Jaron Jackson is a nice little young grouping. I love the athleticism, just the mentality on John Morant. You know, he comes in out of Murray State. I mean, he was a zero star recruit coming out of high school, you know, and the fact that he's out here putting up the numbers like this i mean it's absolutely I, crazy
1: I, I got to see him live he came to alabama when i when i you know as a student here mm-hmm. and you know my eyes are like i mean you can't take your eyes off this kid and he threw alabama uh, had won the game but um he got like a steal in the last couple seconds and like he got it around half court and i remember he kind of looked into the like the student section to see if it kinda, i don't know like what he was doing to me, it was like, you know, everyone watch this. He threw down a dunk that it was like, put this kid in the dunk contest in the NBA right now. I mean, it was like everyone, the, like, in, the game was in Alabama, it was in Tuscaloosa. Like, the crowd was cheering. He is electrifying. And not that Trey Young's not, because Trey Young can shoot the ball from point to it on the court. He'll shoot it from there. Um, John Moran is going to be special. And they have nice pieces. Valanciunas was a nice add-on last mm-hmm. year. Um, Dylan Brooks is really getting better. Um, they have some nice pieces, but
0: their duo—I
1: like their duo better than the Hawks duo of Trey and John because I like Jaron better than John Collins.
0: I don't. I definitely don't hate that. Jaron can defend the rim much better than Collins can. Like my big right. thing right now with Collins is do we pay Collins you know because at the end of the day do you really want to pay two big men because the Hawks I mean the Hawks defense and the way they defend the rim it makes me want to throw up watching them defend the rim I mean that's like if Collins defense doesn't get better I don't know if I'm pro paying him the big bucks or not so that's what that's like a big internal battle I've been having with myself is how I feel about Collins if I want him around there long term or not um but I mean I definitely do think he's a good player you know I just it's just at the end of the day is he really the guy you want to invest your franchise in you know
1: well, real quick, if the Hawks had the number one pick, who would you grab?
0: Um, as much as I'd want to take Anthony Edwards, I think we have to go James Wiseman. You know, the Hawks right. need someone to defend protection. the rim. Yeah. You agree? Rim.
1: Yeah, I agree. I would also, I like, I mean, I think you can grab LaMelo Ball. If this kid's that good, I agree. You, it's a guard league. So put. you can have two people that need the ball. The Rockets are doing it right now. Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook has never not had the ball in his hands, neither has Harden, but well, they're on the same team and they're good. Um so I but uh, yeah, you need Wiseman because of the rim protection. I can't I can't watch if the Hawks are going to actually like try and be good. I can't you can't have Alex Len. He's fine he's a nice He's a nice story. Can't have him. Um I don't know what Bruno Fernando. He, he's young, so like I'm going to wait. He's know. good off the bench. But, yeah, he's fine off the bench, but like, you know, they need a rim protector if you're going to keep John Collins. Like you need like uh,
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. You know, you froze there a little bit for a second, but, you know, I agree with you. The Hawks have to get rim protection. I mean, DeAndre Hunter is going to get better, which will make our defense better. Cam Reddish, those other guys, you know, the way the team's kind of formed, it's almost like you have four other guys on the floor who are good at defense, and so you can kind of hide Trey's defensive. In capabilities a little bit, but going back to what you said about you know Trey and Luca, look, I think Trey, Luca, and Ja are all three kind of in that same category, in that same level. You know, I mean, look, I'll agree with you that that Luca is better than Trey. I don't think he's in another category though, better than Trey wise. I mean, his t- his team is a lot more talented than the Hawks is. I mean, they did beat the Mavs and the or no they beat these they beat the 76ers and the bucks on the road those are the two out of the three best teams in the league when they're at home they beat those teams on the road when both teams are at full force without luka in there so i mean that's really impressive to me I think Doncic though I mean him I think him Trey and it, it'll really come down for Trey what the Hawks can put around him if he's ever able to win a championship because I mean at the end of the day you need another top 10 player on your team I mean I don't care what anyone says I mean Westbrook's got to play at a top 10 level you know if Harden ever wants to get a ring LeBron has him and Davis they're both top 10 players you know Kawhi and George they're both top 10 players you know when that the reason why Steph was able to get away with him being the only top player on his team is because, you know, Clay is, what, number 11 or 12, you know, right outside of the top 10. Draymond Green was in the top 15, but then he had KD, you know. So, like, if you, realistically, at the end of the day, if you want to win a title, you're going to have to have two top 10 players in the league. But, I mean, all three of these guys, I think, are the new wave of players. You know, Morant, he does it with his—he can shoot and pass just like Trey can, but he's not as quite as good of a shooter, but he's got the athleticism and the size that Trey doesn't have. Doncic has the size, but he's got like the skill. You know what I mean when it comes to the shooting and the defense and everything. Doncic has all that. Then Trey just has the the, his offensive game is way is I'm gonna say way better. But his offensive game, you know, is a ten out of ten with his shooting. And I mean, he's even still as small as he is, he can drive in there and get to the cup. So I mean, Mm -hmm. all three of these guys, you know, these guys are these guys are changed the league kind of like face of the league kind of guys. I think along with Zion as well. But I'm I am very worried about Zion's health moving forward.
1: It'll be interesting to watch for sure.
0: Yeah, see, my biggest thing is, you know, the closest player to Zion is Blake Griffin. And, I mean, look at Blake Griffin. Trust me, I hope it doesn't happen that way, but that's what I'm really fearing is the way Zion's going to be. I mean, he's going to have to lose some weight. He weighs like 280. Zion's
1: Zion's got more weight than uh, Blake Griffin ever did. Zion's the third heaviest player in the league. Do you know who the other two
0: are? Um um, the other two most heavy pl- players. That's a good and question. I want this, Let me think about that. Zion
1: is six. Zion's not that. Zion's six foot six. He's not as tall as people think.
0: He's not six eight. I thought he was six eight. I think he's
1: like six six.
0: Wow. See, I thought he was so at least like six eight. I didn't think he's like six ten.
1: So the two heavier players in Zion in the league, you ready for this? Taco Fall. He's seven foot everything.
0: Yeah, I would have guessed seven that.
1: Bobon is the other one. Wow! So these are guys that are much taller than Zion, and he's weighing almost the same. So Taco Falls, he's three hundred and something pounds, but he's seven foot six, so it doesn't look weird. Zion, I'll confirm it real quick. I'll look it up, but I think he's only six foot six.
0: Yeah, you know, I would. not I mean, I wouldn't six, be shocked.
1: Six, he's six six and nineteen years old, weighing two eighty 280 something, two eighty five, whatever he is. Like, you're nineteen. Your body's not grown yet. You need to, you know. I think he needs to cut down a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. They, I mean, I don't know if this season necessarily is the time for him. Yeah, you're right. Six six two eighty four. That's crazy to think that he's only six six with the way he plays above the rim. That's how imposing he is and everything on the game. But
1: think of, think about of all the guys that are taller than six foot six in the league that weigh less. There's a lot. Six foot six is it's it's a t- you're a tall human being, but the NBA, you know, that's that's uh, you know small forward height. If you mm-hmm. want to do position, so, you know, 284 is
0: a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, let's keep things moving here. I know we've been going here for a minute, so me and Ben, you know, the, the All-Star break and the trade deadline are all coming up here, so we kind of cooked up for y'all a team that we think is like a player away that needs to make a trade here to switch things up. We both kind of have two, went off the beaten path a little bit here, so um, I'll let you give your first one of the trade you think needs to happen.
1: Yeah, I'll go real quick. Um, it's, your, it's your second favorite team. It's, it's the Rockets. Um, Daryl Morey is very aggressive um, as a GM. He needs a move. They, they have not been – I know, you know, right now you don't have to be playing your best basketball, but they need to – they're not playing that well right now. They've been a little banged up. So here's what I've noticed in the playoffs with the Rockets recently. Like, you get you know, their offense is hard and you take as many shots as you want. That's fine. Westbrook should help a little bit. Clint Capella disappears in playoffs. I, I don't know why. He literally has been shut down by a six foot seven Draymond Green multiple years. Um, I think the biggest thing they need is a 3-and-D guy. Uh, honestly, they never should have gotten rid of Trevor Reza, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think they need a player of that caliber. Um, I don't know who they could get, but if they need two guys, I think they need a reliable big man that could score. Um, I... I like Capella's game, but he really doesn't do anything in the playoffs.
0: Um, I think Capella, though, to me, he's more of a defense guy, and just like you know, like he doesn't have moves like he an is. Anthony. He did. catches
1: the alley oops. He catches alley oops as his points.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's alley oops, putbacks, rebounds. But I mean Capella's a dog and gets after it on the defensive end, which I think he more so is. Him and Tucker are like the bull you know, they're the they're the dogs that you have on you know, you jump over the walls of the castle. Those are the dogs that they let out on you to chase it. You. you know, that's the what them those two are. I always agree with that, though, about the Rockets losing Ariza. I thought when he left them two years ago that that was huge and that would really hurt them as a team, and they still haven't really been able to find someone to replace them. I know they've tried with House Jr. and these other guys, but it hasn't really worked out for them for the best. I mean... Gordon's just not as as long as Ariza is you know and Ariza I mean Ariza that corner three was deadly and especially with his length and everything I think they need one like that but I also wouldn't mind him just getting another score so they don't have to rely on Harden and Westbrook as much and maybe go after Marquise Morris
1: well so I think an interesting name to keep an eye on and it's going to be tricky to get this guy because of his um, his contract but Kevin Love I mean Kevin Love wants out of Cleveland it seems like um they really don't need to be paying someone that much money for where Cleveland is as a, as a franchise right now. They're kind of in the dumps. Um, Kevin Love is going to be an interesting piece if he gets moved. I'm, I don't know if the Rockets could even afford him. Um, I haven't looked at salary cap, but that would be a player that has a lot of championship experience. Um, not the greatest defender, but does play very hard on the defensive end, and he can score whenever you need him to. And I think that he's just fine serving as what Chris basically did for the Heat. He's not going to need to take 20 shots a game. He'll shoot 8 to 10. And he'll shoot it at a high percentage because that's what he does. Um, I think Kevin Love does go to a contender at this deadline. I think Cleveland eventually does move him.
0: Yeah, I just don't know who's going to be willing to take on his salary. Although I feel like Portland's it's a lot, desperate. It's a lot
1: of money. It's a lot of money.
0: Yeah, see, I feel like Portland's desperate at this point. I feel like Portland has to, you know, they got to make the decision if they want to go all in on winning or if they want to break something up here with what they want to do. But, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's a lot of money, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. My uh, first trade that I cooked up here, I'm going to go out to the Lakers, and I know some Lakers fans might hate this trade a little bit, but, look, Kuzma's been way too inconsistent. You can't waste your time with him developing. LeBron has a closing window on how long he's going to be good for. I think a great trade here would be with the Nets. Spencer Dinwiddie's on an expiring contract. He's proven that he can score off the bench. And, I mean, he was a dog in that playoff series last year against the 76ers. I mean, when Kyrie's been out, he's been averaging 20 a game. I think you put him in there, he can run that point guard position for the Lakers and give them an extra score, and he can play defense with his length. I think he'd fit great in L.A., and I think it really – I think, honestly, that would take the Lakers to the next level if they got Dinwiddie in there.
1: I like that a lot. I really do.
0: That's what I'm saying. Long. I
1: think he could, get, you know, he would defend uh, Lou Will when they play the Clippers. Um, I I like Kuzma, um, but I would be willing to get rid of him. Um, yeah, I, I like this trade. Um, yeah, and you know, Dinwiddie, he was, he'd be real happy with it. He was, a, you know, huge Kobe guy. He's one of the guys that changed his number. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be special. I think that would push the Lakers over the top. And I think the Nets, you know, if they're really serious about Kyrie, Kyrie said they need pieces. Kuzma's a piece. (laughs) I mean, he's a good young piece.
0: That's what I'm saying. It helps both parties. And, I mean, I think Kuzma's good. I think you got to trade him, though. But, I mean, at the same time, you just don't trade him to trade him. You know, you got to get a good return. I think Kuzma's worth, like, a to a team that's not making the playoffs or to a team that's looking, you know, to build on the future, I think it's worth them giving up an older kind of all-star, or just like an older, you know, like, major factor player, you know, to get a younger guy. So I think think it's a win-win both ways. Um, What's your second trade you had cooked up?
1: Um, who was the other one we talked about it right before we started recording? Um, remind me of the team I was talking about earlier. Oh, the Lakers.
0: Yeah, I was about <laughs> I to think say.
1: The, I think the Lakers uh, need the same thing I was saying the Rockets do. I, I think I think you need another Danny Green type player. Um, someone that excels on the defensive end. Um, I I really like their big men, the Lakers, for what you need out of them. You know, outside of AD, you don't need a ton of big men production. Um, I think, I their defense is good. They can play defense, but you could upgrade Avery Bradley. I feel like, um, and I think right now the Clippers have a little bit more depth, good depth, than the Lakers. So I think the Lakers need to get one more to really take it over the top. Um, so yeah, I, I think the Lakers need another three D guy.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, I agree with you completely. I think the Lakers need one more piece. I mean, they're gonna they have to get something or other in there if they want to be able to beat the beat the Clippers in the playoffs. Because I mean, right now they're zero and two against the Clippers. So, and that's I, one.
1: I, I got an Eastern Conference team for you too, though. I, I think the Celtics need to make a move. I, I, to me, okay, so like I don't know who you think the best team in the East is. I, I think it's the Bucks. I don't think the Celtics have anybody that, like, who are you guarding Giannis with? Daniel Tice? Like, Horford was tremendous at it. You don't have Horford. So, if I'm ranking the East, I'm going to put the Sixers above the Celtics to have a better chance at the Bucs. Because who who can, Tatum cannot guard Giannis. Way too, way too Brown, speedy. nah. Nah, Brown would be better than Tatum. Because Brown's a better defender. Like, who, who do the Celtics have that's guarding Giannis?
0: So, really, the only way I've seen teams pot even that fathom guarding Giannis is by planting two big men in the paint, basically, and making Giannis yeah, try wall. to get around them. You know, like, that's literally what the Raptors did. That's what the 76ers did to him this season. You know, I really feel like that there is no way to still – like, there's no one who's going to go out on the wing and guard Giannis. The best way to do it is you park everyone in the paint and say, Giannis, shoot the three ball or pass it. You know what I mean? That's, that's really like – he's
1: shooting, he's shooting it a lot better than he used to.
0: Mm-hmm. But I... – but still, in the playoffs, I'll take my poison, you know, with him. I think the Celtics, though, they have to get a big man because they've lost both matchups against the 76ers. They actually play each other tomorrow night in the NBA primetime game. I think they'll probably lose again, honestly, unless until they get another big man in there. But this Celtics team, you know, they need to go out and get, like, Stephen Adams. I've heard they want Capella. I mean, maybe the Rockets make I feel like the Rockets are going to ride it out this one last year with the Harden-Capella-Westbrook before they really, you know, kind of yeah, then think, try to blend to. up. I think you have to. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. My uh last trade that I have in here actually I'm going to an Eastern Conference team here and that's the Miami Heat. You might say this team's achieving, why would they want to give up some of their young pieces? But Look, I think they need to give Portland a call here and say you can have Jones Jr. I mean, they have to move Drajic because of his contract, because they have to have matchup matching up contracts to make the salary work. But basically, give them Jones Jr. one of none and Hero, or maybe even both of them, along with Drajic and get or first round pick or something or other. But basically, give up a combo out of those. Uh, four things that I named you got or five things I named give up four three or four of them and get Damian Lillard I mean Damian Lillard and Jimmy Butler would win the east easily you know I think that honestly I think the Blazers now could have a shot at winning the east with how clutch Lillard is in the playoffs I mean there's really that Blazers team last year would have won the east easily in my opinion so I think that if you can get Damian, Damian Lillard if he could get out of the west and come to the east I really think he could get to the finals
1: he's a stud I mean logo Lillard logo Lillard Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, coached by uh, Eric Spoelstra in Miami, where they have the best home court record. I think you said earlier that mm-hmm. you'd be frightened to play them in the playoffs. But um, I like—I really like this Bucks team for the East. I mean, they have so many shooters around Giannis. Mm-hmm. Everyone can shoot it. Honestly, everyone can shoot it. So. They're tough. But I, I yeah, I like I like that. Um, I feel like that would that be like very un unre, um, uncharacteristic though from Pat Riley? Is he I feel like I, I don't remember the Heat doing a bunch of big name moves like that.
0: Yeah, they more so did it through free agency when they had LeBron. I mean, I'm t- actually, well, they did trade for Shaq back when they I believe they got him through right. th- through trade when they got Shaq and all them and Gary Payton Antoine got all those old guys down there with Wade when they won that one championship, but my biggest thing with the Bucks is, and I'll always stand by this: the Bucks' one mistake they made was signing Eric Bledsoe to that fat contract. Look, yeah. Eric Bledsoe, when he plays like this in the regular season, and even when he did last year at the beginning of the playoffs, the Bucks are pretty much unbeatable because if you do all that to stop Giannis, but you have Bledsoe, Middleton, Wesley Matthews, and Lopez spraying threes, you can't beat them. But when Bledsoe plays like he did last year in the playoffs, and you have to bench him for for George Hill,
1: George that's not is winning a better recipe. NBA player than Eric Bledsoe, and I will say that ten out of ten times I'll say that 100% of the time Eric Bledsoe is not as good as George Hill as a basketball player. not for that team at least so I agree uh, signing Bledsoe to that deal is, is you know it, it's bad but the thing is with the Bucks is if you don't want to play Bledsoe a ton of minutes you get George Hill you got DiVincenzo right you could even throw Pat Connaughton like what, what is you know a point guard that Giannis brings them all up the floor basically they have so much depth, and that's why I like this team. I really like Dante DiVincenzo out of Villanova.
0: By the way, um, shout out, shout out Shannon Sharp and uh and um Skip Bayless. Um, DiVincenzo is going to be a better pro than Trey Young. Just want to remind everyone that they said that like fifty <laughs> times on 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 their show. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I yeah. like
1: Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless. Oof.
0: Yeah, that was offset, when I heard had, that. Like that was one of
1: on their show today. Say that again. They had offset on their show today, under whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that he's in love with Jimmy G and he wants him in Atlanta. Shannon show up because you don't like Matt Ryan? <laughs> like what? That's offset what I'm saying,
0: dude. That show's not a real sports show. I swear. Put it's just it's just it's him. just comedy. Yeah. It's not real. Yeah. yeah, I can't I can't stand it. I can't watch that show, period. But um real quick here i mean we're at 54 minutes you know might as well go ahead and talk a little college basketball here and you know there's a lot of parody in college basketball here you want to hit on a little bit of it to open up ben
1: yeah this is the weirdest season i can remember um there is zero consistency outside of gonzaga which no one cares about gonzaga's regular season (laughs) um um there's i mean at one point i was looking at a top 10 this year and there was like four teams that that are all good programs but like Wow, you're really in the top ten, and like, you know, San Diego State—they were under. Are they still undefeated? They might still be undefeated. They've always been a good program, but like, they're not usually a top ten team. Auburn has been great under Bruce Pearl. You don't usually see them in the top ten. They were at one point. Um, Florida State, um, you know, your school, you know, they—they've been great under the, uh, Leonard Hamilton for a long time, but they're not usually top ten good. And all three of those teams were in the top top ten at one point. Um, I mean, you have zero consistency. Um, which I think is great. I think it's unbelievable. I think March Madness will be one of the craziest sports stories we have um, all year. I, I really believe – I mean, I, I don't have an idea on who's the best team in the country. I don't have an – I don't have a clue. I, I was saying for the first couple months, I go, I really like this Louisville team. I think that they might struggle a little bit uh, scoring points, but they can just flat out play defense. Mm. Well, they went on that crazy losing streak, right? yeah. UNC has been disastrous this year. I know they lost their best player, but like UNC has never been a program where one player makes up the entire thing. Um, Florida State is tremendous this year. Their depth, their their defense, they can score in a lot of ways. Duke is quiet this year. I'm not hearing. a. I think Vernon Carey's having a great year, and I don't hear much about him.
0: Hey, you uh, know what team that I actually love this season is Seton Hall. That was my preseason Miles pick Powell. team to go you deep. Love,
1: I know Miles. Love, Miles.
0: Powell, you know, he he might actually be the best player in the nation. I mean, Marcus Howard's putting up all the numbers, but Miles Powell, the way he takes games over at the end for Seton Hall, I mean, he was injured for some of those losses they took earlier in the season, but since he's been healthy, I mean, even when he was out, they won games. It's t- they pretty much have held everyone they played to their season-low points totals. They play defense. I mean, I really think when you get to that second day of the tournament, teams are going to go up against Seton Hall, and they're not going to be able to score the ball, and, and at the other end, they're going to have Miles Powell to straight ISO taking him to the hole.
1: Dayton is another um, yeah you know, kind of like one of those mid-major teams that's very good this year. Um, it's it's great for the sport um, to where these blue blunts are kind of struggling. I, I think it's great. Um, I have a hot take for college basketball that I do want to put out. I think within the next two to three years, I think Bill Self is not the coach at Kansas anymore. I, I believe that. I think I think he eventually goes. I think the legal trouble that Kansas is. Um, already kind of gotten into and it's still being investigated i think it i think it. it'll keep building and i think eventually bill self just says you know screw it I, i'm I, i've had mess- i think he goes pro i
0: that's could definitely I'm see it you know he's young enough he's fiery enough i could definitely see him liking doing that yeah, by he, the way i want to say in this legal
1: trouble in ncaa so why do you want to deal with that
0: yeah that's exactly he, what i'm saying can we bring this up though why the hell is someone in the AP top twenty-five voting for Kansas to be the number one team in the nation over Baylor? Baylor went in their house and embarrassed them. Like you you yeah. don't deserve a vote if you're voting for them over Baylor.
1: You don't deserve a vote in the baseball hall of fame if you don't vote Jeter. You don't deserve the a Heisman vote if you didn't vote Burrow.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know. It's yeah, crazy
1: it's, the season is, but like, I love I, it
0: we're cutting each other off, my bad, but you know, I can understand the votes for Gonzaga, but Kansas, come on now, but I think I agree with you. I think Louisville's kind of the sleeping giant in the middle of the in the middle of the top 10 here. I really think that, you know, they had that little rough stretch there, but I think that they're kind of the sleeping giant giant here, but um you know, I, I think this is a great field, though, this year. It's going to be fun to watch. And, like you said, we really have no idea who's going to end up winning it all. I think Kentucky, you know, the, I think that they've, they've been playing better basketball lately. They got a big game against Auburn. I think Auburn's a pack of frauds. I think Butler, you know, like they've <laughs> fallen off. Ohio State looks like the best team in the nation there for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, like, but, yeah, I see you laughing about me saying Auburn's a pack of frauds. I mean, who has Auburn played? They've beaten nobody.
1: I don't know. I, I think Bruce Pearl's a great coach. Um, that I agree with. I, I, I think they're still one of the better SEC teams. Um, I'm happy. You know, you I see I got the flag above me. You know, they came into Tuscaloosa and you know Tuscaloosa walloped them. Um, so we'll see. It, the good thing is like with Auburn and Louisville, I put they're in the same category. They're having their rough patches now. Michigan, although I don't think Michigan's really that good, um, or as good as you know I originally thought they were. You want to hit your rough patch now. Because college basketball, if anything, you know, it's, it's like the MLB. If you're hot, it doesn't matter what seed you are. Who cares if you're a wild card in baseball or if you're the you know, 12-seed 8 seed? Who cares? If you're hot in March Madness, you win. And I think that you – the teams that I've noticed like with trends over the years, if you're hot and if you have good guard play, you have to have good guard play. Auburn's got the guards. Louisville really has the guards. Um, that's why I like those teams. I'm never picking Gonzaga in a March Madness bracket again. Uh, I, they're frauds. You want to talk frauds? Gonzaga.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I'm, I never have been high on Gonzaga ever. And although they did make it to the championship that one year, but I mean, like the last couple of years, like Florida State they knocking them over. out, Texas Tech. Yeah, I agree with you. They're, they're a bunch of frauds. Um, any, any closing thoughts or anything before we get out of here?
1: Um, I'm excited for the Super Bowl. It's going to be great. Um, the NBA all-star game, um, just briefly, uh, the news that they're going to do the Kobe, um, think that's going to be interesting. I, I don't know if I fully understand how the rules are working, but I'm going to figure them out as the game, you know, is going along. Um, I think, I, I think the NBA, um, I think the ratings will be really high for the playoffs this year. Um, you know, with the, you know, with the tragic news of Kobe, I think a lot of people will be tuning in, especially because the Lakers will, you know, they'll be there at the end of the day. Um, but that's it. Um, thanks for having me on, you know, as usual.
0: Hey, I appreciate you coming on once again. We killed it. We went for about an hour since, I mean, we were both long-winded on everything going on, but... Appreciate everyone who tuned in once again. Like Ben said, I'm very excited for the Super Bowl. I'm going to see how much food I can fit in my stomach during the process of the game. Should be a great game. One of This is honestly the most excited I've been for a Super Bowl matchup in a long time besides that Falcons one. So, Other than that, we appreciate everyone tuning in. We'll see you all again soon.